welcome to Polynodal, where we explore the depth and breadth of human knowledge and see how it all connects. Each episode is inspired by a previous topic, creating a network of knowledge nodes. In this episode, little old me, Kenton Hansen, takes a look at how gods are born. So what do you boys know about cargo cults? So much. Probably no. not as much as you Almost now. nothing, or... Daniel knows literally nothing, which Almost, is going yeah, to be unless, really fun. Unless I know it, but I don't know its name, because that's right. a thing sometimes, right? Like, mm-hmm. But on its surface, I'm like, I, I don't... Maybe like a, a weird religious cult that was like transatlantic boaters? I'm not entirely sure. And they all wear cargo shorts. I'm wondering... Oh, I'm curious. I'm curious as to how the whole Prince Charles death has... Uh, what's that? I'm hoping I'm hoping yeah. you're going to get into that. I, uh, I do. Yep. I don't know where I first learned about cargo cults. Um, I think it was on so, Reddit. Can, but uh, let's start from the beginning because yeah. I so, need yeah, like, some let, frame let of reference say, for this conversation. I, I I definitely do talk like the entire history, but uh, let me say that this this um was something that I was looking into for this podcast even before Diego Garcia. So let me at at the very beginning, right? Uh, World War Two. Um, as where most uh, stories of our modern era start from. Um, There were tons of troops, and the Pacific theater of war especially, um, you know, it's difficult to to get the Navy floating out there and to station people in that spot. It's the funner theater, I think. It's the, the, you don't get, you know, it's funner. It's funner in the Pacific. You got the, because, surfing, (laughs) you got surfing, Bikinis, uh, Hawaii. Yeah, you, yeah, exactly. Like uh, you've got um, that that uh, show. Fuck. <laughs> what's the Band of Brothers? No, no, no. Where? What? What's this? What? No, never mind. Uh, Mikhail's Navy. I was what? trying to make a Mikhail's. Mm. <laughs> I was trying to make a Mikhail's Navy joke, but I couldn't fucking think of it. Mikhail's Navy. They were always cut <laughs> cutting up in the in the Pacific. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, we, we, there's I don't get your deal of, with TV show of, references. Old, old fucking black and white TV. There's not a lot of um, a lot of World War II history or like focus on really happens in the European theater. We talk about Pearl Harbor. At least in, I'm talking, you know, U.S. and I guess maybe just the Midwest. Yeah. But uh, and then we talk about Pearl Harbor. Maybe Okinawa. Maybe some things. Maybe Midway. Maybe probably not. Like a couple high school history. Maybe a couple. It's a day. Maybe. Uh, so yeah, Uwe Jima's Uwe Jima. Oh probably. yeah, 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 yeah. That was and, a big and then we talked Clint Eastwood War. made the movies. So yeah, now they just that yeah, history professors just put raised, on just put on raised all, his profile. All these movies. And and I mean, actually, the the uh, the HBO Band of Brothers, um, like there was there was a Pacific Theater version of that, and it was it was good. It was a really good thing, and and uh, I believe you was know, it called some, like Band of Brothers colon Pacific Theater. I, no, it was called the exactly Pacific. It was called the Pacific. I didn't was watch it. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it, I recommend. Um, so, so the, one one of the ways that um, the Allied forces would would like set up and take over territory that was largely ocean is with these small bits of land in the ocean called islands, um, oh. and basically they would station troops there in the islands. But uh, you know, the Polynesian cultures uh, had already been established there. But, I mean, we've all heard the quote, and I can't remember who it's from, and I should have written it down, the idea that uh, any technology advanced enough is is magic or religion, right? These troops end up having first contact with essentially Stone Age or Bronze Age 
level cultures. Um, sustenance farming was like how they had continued to live in a tropical environment where, where the environment produces enough fruit uh, for you to, to continue to live and, and eat and grow. Uh, and that's a big part of why they stayed at like that level of technology. They didn't have to create technology in order to uh, continue to live uh, and, and produce a bigger population. Um, the other thing about these cultures is that they tended to have a quote unquote big man political system. Um, in the hunter gatherer society, uh, the, there's scarcity, right? Like there is, there's truly like if you can't find enough. Uh, fruit, papayas, bananas, uh, fish in the ocean, then you'll go hungry, right? And, and so it's not a not a matter of um, if you have enough land to farm or, or any of those other aspects, you're, you're truly pulling from the frontier in order to continue to live. And so um, if you're able to survive and you're able to gift, like give someone else something to survive, you have more power and influence. And so the person who can give the most becomes the big man with the most influence. And that's how the political power was happening within these these small cultures that existed on a one or a few islands. Like I thought, the um, big, if I remember, like the big man thing is like, yeah, it was an act, of, like the more you gave, like it was almost people, were, the more people were indebted to you. Like like you, like right. it wasn't just gift, it, gifting sounds like it, like gift, have it. I'd expect nothing in return. Whereas this sort of gifting was like uh, a so a societal influence, like give you societal influence. Like it was, a, it was a gift in, but in a society. Yeah. Where, where we are complete, it's completely complete scarcity. The food we have is going to go to waste tomorrow. Um, as much as I can give away, if I can give away so much food, that means I have so much food. That's just waste to me. You're it's trash, right? Like, so it's, yeah, gift is a little bit weird, but that's uh, what the anthropologist used, yeah, used to describe yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And and so in a big man society, there's also uh, the opposite of that, <laughs> so which is the, called big man society. Yeah, like this is an anthro- anthropological term, big man political system. Uh, there's there's at, at the lowest end of the spectrum is the rubbish man, right? Like the the person who can't give anything. <laughs> trash man of oh, the trash the trash the, the trash tra- person. <laughs> yeah, uh, I suppose it's a British anthropologist though, uh, because rubbish. But yeah, rubbish man. <laughs> That's so, worse actually. Yeah, either you're the big man or you're the trash. You're the rubbish person, or somewhere in between. Okay. But uh, yeah, it all goes downhill. Middleman. So Ooh. so. Take take that that mental structure right and put that in the island and that's that's all fine and good, and uh, that's that's gone on for hundreds or thousands of years on this island and then all of a sudden, uh, white guys in camo show up and they have regular shipments of stuff coming in. Scarcity for them is not a thing anymore. Shit were falls these, out of the sky. These were these were these were na- like uh, people that. That like the Catholic Church and other early like seafaring Completely explorers untouched. didn't didn't make any yeah. contact with. That's great. Okay. Yeah, right. or or very limited contact with for sure. And and in and I think the difference here is scarcity, right? Like the 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 Allied forces had lines of supply that were constantly supplying these people, like these GIs, with stuff with with the stuff that they could get get have and had too much of and thus could give away the the other the other contact that they had were typically you know a an explorer or you know let's say uh someone who's coming to the island and then they have to live on the island they're not going to have the resupply they where they would fall in the political system would would be below the big man at that point 
But the GI comes in, and not just one, but like hundreds uh, or thousands of individuals, and they're, they've set up lines of supply to constantly dropping stuff off. They've got rations, they've got tents, they have so much stuff, so much Abrams. cargo. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. much cargo. This, so much cargo. So, uh, I, I mean, just imagine, like, just do the thought experiment of, of taking taking a society that's built around scarcity and how much stuff you have to give away, and then these people show up in mass quantities with so much stuff to give away that it completely topples the political power system, in and essentially the economy. Um, they're they're able to are they give, are they become. giving it away like our GIs yeah. GIs are giving yes. stu- giving stuff to these folks right well because that's that's and, like a, always a thing like as a hearts and minds yeah. thing right like we've always right. done that whether hey it's we're, we're coming up on your island whatever, yeah like, packs of gum cigarettes all that kind of stuff just as it comes in Roman Catholicism chocolate cigarettes Roman Catholicism. <laughs> in, the, the, I, in my in hang on I probably shouldn't that's the the Catholic Church just handled that themselves. They didn't need the U.S. military. Yeah, they didn't need that. the U.S. government, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> they had their own operation, but they were probably there. And it's not just consumables either, right? We're, we're talking about um, Jeeps, uh, uh, tents. So um, just being exposed to tech. Yeah, things, all this technology right? okay. stuff, too, completely shifts the the perception of these these cultures on the island. And and the the essentially, a religion forms around this idea that from some other place, this this completely different looking person arrived on our shores and had everything that we hope for, right? In, in a scarcity culture where we are worried about what we're going to eat next week because the food we have today is going to go go bad, they have food that stays good for months, years at a time. Okay. They have uh, sweets and candies that don't even feel nutritious to us, right? Like we don't have to eat them and consume them. They're just for pleasure. They have tents that can keep us out of the rain and, and set up and tear down in uh, hours as opposed to uh, the the different kind of shelter that we have to deal with. Technology, uh, advanced enough, appears like magic it, it is, is essentially where it comes from. This is happening you're observing their technology, but they're all, you're also observing like the ritual of right. arm of army people, right? So yeah. they're all wearing the same clothes. They're marching in uh, formation. They're saluting certain people. There's all of this like built up like pageantry, right? Like in like doing all this stuff that they're also observing as well. So they're internalizing and, that. Okay, so is right. this topic? So this is unique to like U.S. military service, met, like, or is this? I mean, is this phenomenon it, been observed with like? other yeah types of of organi- like it, w- it was or- first observed after world war ii right like as, as the troops of world war ii came in and i suppose that's the thing the religion forms around it the belief system of the indigenous people sets up around like oh uh there's they ha- they don't have scarcity so um th- th- they're great and then all of a sudden they leave right they're gone mm-hmm either the war is over or they don't need to hold this island anymore and they're moving further inland and we want our our we want the these uh, beings of power to come back. We need um, to mimic uh, what what brought them there. So oh, a ship a ship okay. came up, and they landed on a runway. Well, we're going to make a runway out of sticks, and and maybe the 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 airplanes are attracted by other airplanes. So we're going to build uh, airplanes out of. Uh, I want to make sure I say what leaves 
and uh, sticks and, <laughs> and stone <laughs> Out of, wait a minute, let me check my notes here. I don't want to get this wrong. Leaves. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that, yeah. But like leaf airplanes, uh, coconut radios is another one that was specifically oh. mentioned in the research. Um, <laughs> That's the, the people. They, what about like, so like you mentioned camo uniforms like in a foreshadowing manner. Did they like also try to mimic like military? Um, they, would outright, they would outright wear yeah. uniforms. Oh, okay. Yeah, they like take the discarded things and and keep them like they were treasured and uh, continue to to use them. When I was when I was well, they would just uh, wear them. They would like bring them out as part of like they're like religious robes at that point. Oh, yeah. Okay. So go their ritual like, is like we're gonna we're gonna march. They would, they would and it's, dig. Um, it's like Steve from Minnesota's <laughs> old jacket. Like. Yeah, they they would dig That's, a latrine, okay. latrine I, I, like, as I'm like part it. of I'm I, yeah yeah. Like, it it made me think of uh, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Uh, in the, in the second act, uh, he he finds the kids who have somehow landed in this uh, oasis type type place, and they basically form a, a religion around the different artifacts and pieces that they'd found, and they were waiting for. Anyway, Mad Max, good movie. Beyond Thunderdome, Tina Turner. Uh, I don't remember it. <sighs> Yeah, I'm gonna need a more recent Classic. Mad Max reference. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Yeah, the Fury, I don't have, the Fury I don't Road had none of the that. Fury. The uh, Fury no. Road have anything to do with car? Man, that would have been really good if it did. Well, I mean, I felt I mean, like there was the the Fury religion Road, that yeah. that world existed, which I it sounds like was established right. in that. Right. I so. think you could say that. Um, <laughs> I think we're that, making this uh, fact. No, 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 what's, no, no. What's they, his face? they like referenced it in a uh, like almost a theological manner of like. Yeah, like, he, like he's the god. He yeah, could yeah, turn yeah. on the water. God. Yeah, and then he, and essentially that's that the big man. Like, that's the big man, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so this this ceremony. happens, right? And and it changes the culture in a way that no one had expected. When they when they rolled up on the beach, they weren't like, oh, we're going to change this culture. They just no one had ever thought about this before, as far as like this technology is going to change what happens on the island. Where and were as they, these? Uh, like, which is there a specific example? I'm just kind of curious as I'm trying to think through. Sure. Yeah. Um. So one one of the most widely reported on and longest longest lived uh, cargo cults is called um the John Frum cult. That's the one uh, I know. F R U M. Right. F R U M. J O H N F R U M. Island of Tana, Van uh, Vanutu, Vanutu. Is that is um, it? So, it's you said it's Paul. Is it Polynesian? Is it Oceania? It, is it? I think it's Oceania. Um, I'm. I honestly don't have that written down here, so I don't want to be sorry. That is wrong. Vonit, the Republic okay, of Vonitu is 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 uh, is an archipelago nation no, uh, to the east of Australia. Okay. okay. Yeah. Close to Australia. And so the these. The, the cult members worshipped certain unspecified Americans um, having the name John Frum or Tom Navy, who they claimed had brought cargo to their island during World War II and whom they identified as being the spiritual entity who would provide cargo to them in the future. And so, again, that same base level of, like, having stuff is what gives me power. I They're going to give me stuff in the future. They didn't think the GIs um, were deities, but they from. thought the GIs had special connection through all these rights and every, like this cargo kept showing up. They thought they didn't think the GIs were special. They just thought they had a special connection to deities or they thought that they were deities. So I, I, I mean, I, I think that uh, it painting with a broad brush, there were definitely people who thought they were deities. Uh, there were also people who didn't think they were deities in, in the same way that like, if you go ask uh, a, a person of a certain religion on the street today, um, is this a real 
God. Is, is this a real being or, or yeah, but um, I mean, specifically, and I, I, let me go into a, a different one. Um, but uh, th- there are three uh, big cargo cults that are still active, or there's many more than three, but three of them that people have studied, the John Frum cult uh, on Tana Island, the Tom Navy cult. On is Tana still, Island, still active? Still active. I okay. couldn't figure out if those were two like uh, opposing religions or something. Like, oh no, John Frum is better than Tom Navy, <laughs> but uh, they're both on Tana Island. And then the other one is the Prince Philip movement uh-huh. on the island of Tana, uh, which worshipped uh, Prince Philip, uh, which still worships Prince Philip, actually Duke of Edinburgh, husband of Queen Elizabeth II. Recently departed. Uh, recently. Okay. Um, so according to uh, the Yanahoan tribe, uh, tribe tales. Uh, the son of a uh, ma- the son of a mountain spirit traveled over the seas to a distant land. There he married a powerful woman, and in time would t- return to them. And um, he was sometimes said to be the brother of John Frum. Now, in this case, this is before Prince Philip arrived on the island. They had the story uh, as part of their culture, part of their their religion. Um, the people of Yanahoan and Takel. Um, islands uh that area they uh, i believe it's more than just one island but they believed uh that prince philip was in fact divine he he was that oh. spirit that was that was told about so they believed that prince philip was part of their tale that he he came in um he, he came back to the island after having departed long long ago after marrying queen elizabeth ii uh they they had seen and respected um the uh queen elizabeth ii uh colonial officials at at different times and so they knew about this powerful woman and then prince philip arrives and he's the consort to queen elizabeth ii and they were like oh well this this is uh the the son referred to in our legends um, it's not really clear when that belief came about, but it was probably in the 1950s or 60s. So, so after World War II at this point, um, and it was it was strengthened by the royal couple's official visit to Vanuatu in 1974. Uh, a few of the villages had the opportunity to actually see Prince Philip from a distance. Wait, so he and, hadn't actually so been there until did, 1974, but they had a... Build, did he go there the because soul. of this? Was the visit like... No. It was completely unrelated? Unrelated, Interesting. Yeah. They, and this was kind of like... Uh, the visit was completely unrelated. It was one of their their tour, tours of the Commonwealth. Um, and oh, that's, was it a uh, British that... colony? Of... Um, n- no, I don't think so. I don't think it's part of the Commonwealth. I think this is just this was just Com- a stop uh, to. <laughs> yeah, and like um, visiting foreign heads of state, essentially. Oh, okay, uh, okay. that that piece of I it. Just yeah. for, I just um, literally, I, I hate it whenever we have a conversation around a country I haven't heard of, and I'm like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I'm still yeah. like, what? There's this whole country over there that I don't even know about. In Come April on. 21, Prince Philip dies, and the village chief Alby, uh, who who's was like, uh, pack it in, up. In our God's nope. God is dead. He went they real said, with <laughs> They said that the they were terribly, terribly sorry that he died, oh. and uh, tribal chief Yappa sent his condolences to the royal family and the people of the United Kingdom. Kirk Huffman, who's an anthropologist familiar with the this uh this group the cargo cult said that after a period of mourning the group would probably transfer their veneration to prince charles duke of wales who who had visited vanatu in 2018 and melt uh met with tribal leaders at that point so it, it, essentially because the 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 person that met with their myth the best who had re- visited recently would would take that on and they would like i mean how did we not kill myth, them with like just uh, the common forward. cold before we I mean, I guess they they lucked out on that front, or, or 
this is not necessarily first contact, right? Like as Jared's oh, okay, pointing out, okay. James Cook visited some movies. These uh, these are um, contact it's a, it, specifically with the resupply of cargo, right? That that it essentially mimicked their cultural values in a way that disrupted everything okay. that they knew. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, it's just it's this so, contact is the one that mattered though in this context, right? right? Like, Be- this one, this one created a, a, a religion around it in in some way. Um, I, I did, I do have notes that Prince Philip was not then aware in that 1974 visit of the sect, of of this cargo cult, but it was brought to his attention several years later by John Champion, who was the British resident commissioner in New Herbides, which I guess is the larger uh, governing area that that um has some oversight over so okay so what else what else with okay so uh i want to i want you to really paint a picture of like what all of the acti- all of the religious activities that the a car these cargo cults would take part in to sort of summon car and were they summoning stuff or were they trying to summon people I, mean, I guess it was probably maybe a blend of both i don't know were, like, they didn't care so much about the people it really was the stuff because the 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 well, their, their value yes. system is built around Having, having things, stuff. right? Because of scarcity. That's it. Yeah, I'm yeah. tracking. Lucky strikes. I need some chocolate. I need a Playboy right. magazine. All the stuff GIs had, I would imagine, in World War II. Bullies, Jeeps. Uh, I, uh, MREs. Yeah. Uh, mechanical, like, tents, housing, shelter. Absolutely. You said they would put on fatigues and march around. They built, you said they built airstrips and fake yep. airplanes. Right. To like And fake airplanes. They would build offices. And um, it, essentially, like, what is the environment that these these beings built for themselves and how can we mimic that right like we oh, you they, coconut, they had an office coconut earphones. <laughs> Just... they, they would do coconut radios coconut yeah radios. And, and they would they would build offices with desks um with like officers quarters uh they would they would try to re- recreate exactly what they saw and and not just in the stuff that they would build with local materials but also the events that were happening so they would move these airplanes around on on the airstrips that were built with leaves hoping that it would call in you know the big airplanes to to do an airdrop um were these unattended consequences right like we had no absolutely no, like no there was no the, sociologist or anthropologist being like don't no, you can't go there they're gonna worship all of your shit this was discovered because of that yeah, yeah. and yeah. and uh it, it it actually changed the way that um the american armed forces oh. at least uh, approached lo- local cultures in, in the future and they, they made sure that they were at least like are we used discussing a topic resources. where we like we learned something and changed how we did things this would yes. be a, this That's would a be great new this is a first that we've, this is a new you're not gonna <laughs> you're gonna frontier. feel slightly you're gonna feel neutral about uh oh. about the world than feeling completely <laughs> terrible all the time, every time I learn something about what we've done. This is one of those, like, a, as this happened, right, like, anthropo- anthropologists saw uh, it happen and kind of start studying it and thought, like, this is interesting from a human development perspective. We don't get to see this very often. And while it's not good, it's it's what happened. So how how does this uh, perpetuate itself? What can we learn about the, the human psyche, the human brain, uh, human uh, cultures and societies around it? But that is one reason today why... Um, we know about like the the uh, cultures in in the Amazon rainforest, and we're working hard not to have first contact with them. Essentially, like we don't want to disrupt their societal growth, like the cultural advancement of this this particular people, um, because we don't want to impose on them anything that that doesn't need to be imposed on them. So it did change that way. Yeah. But so I wonder though too, wouldn't it take the value system at least on these? wherever the culture was on these islands at the time yeah. 
might have lent itself to adopting this more, though, than um, an untouched culture with an entirely different value system, right? For sure. Because of... we we know that now in hindsight more than we knew it then going oh, into clearly. it and it, the approach is don't make contact right mm. like don't interfere the prime um, directive if if you will that's where i'm taking this oh. actually so the so the prime directive was actually in, in so for everyone uh everyone cool um <laughs> yeah. listening you'll, to you'll this the prime directive are. comes from <laughs> star trek uh, it's also known as Starfleet General Order 1 or General Order 1 or the Non-Interference Directive. was essentially written as uh, a protest, uh, an arts-type protest to the U.S. involvement in the Vietnam War. They, they wrote it in a way to protest the superpower in essentially interfering with natural development of Southeast Asian societies. Uh, the creation in the original TV series uh, is attributed to a statement um, at, uh, by the writers uh, mm. much later. Um, and then has continued throughout and and essentially as let's say the global culture on earth has has evolved and like uh been more conscious of that it shifted uh and became much more important and in the next generation it became a, a i mean let's be honest it was one of those like uh plot devices yeah, yeah, more yeah. than anything else because it was always like, it like yeah, they, it, was, yeah. it always never worked well they're like all right guys right. we're only observing don't let anyone see your communicator. Oh no, data tripped and his tricorder fell out, and now they're right. worshiping them as a guy. I like and, think and that actually now, happened on an episode. That was a, that, that was an episode. Honestly, if you if you didn't say data, uh, I think there's at least five or ten episodes that deal with essentially <laughs> essentially that. Yeah, they were that real time. bad at following the prime directive. <laughs> but I mean, it all comes back to space travel right like interstellar travel is, doesn't is it the always thing that, all come uh, back to that i mean any type of travel right i mean oh, right and, and like it, it comes down to technological advancement of a certain level at some point and it's difficult to know for the individual culture what that that uh technological advancement is going to be um for this you know island culture it was having too much stuff and being able to give it away uh and how do you know that so you just have to keep hands off and we're we're trying not to burn down the amazon some of us are trying not to burn down the amazon not brazil right yeah there was there was (laughs) hot take a hot take calling out brazil Brazil. yeah like yeah after diego garcia uh, we i i was like oh this reminds me of cargo cults and then kenton was like i'm talking about car like i've been researching cargo cults and that made me go back and like research not cargo cults but like one, I was re- I went and like looked up the Wikipedia like to see if what I remembered was what I remembered, and there was a link to uh, cargo or no, yeah, see also cargo cult programming. So, as a software engineer, I found this incredibly uh, hilarious because because of reasons, <laughs> because of current reasons. But uh, cargo cult programming is a style of computer programming characterized by the ritual inclusion of code or program structures that serve no real purpose. Uh, cargo cult programming is a symptomatic of a programmer not understanding uh, kind of what they're doing, right? So they're just kind of pulling in code. Uh, this works over here. I think it's probably going to work over here. Um, and uh, like things like obsessive and redundant checks for null values. Uh, or testing whether a collection is empty for iterating its values. <clears throat> Kenton may be a sign of cargo whole program. So it's like uh, this idea of like people not knowing how everything works. They have like a theory at the end. And then it led me to Richard Feynman talking about cargo cult science. 
this is like pseudoscientists coming to a conclusion, right? Like they come to a conclusion first. Things are falling out of the sky. The reason is, is because X, Y, and Z is happening. If I do X, Y, and Z, then things will fall out of the sky. Uh, and I found that really interesting. Like this idea of like cargo. And then I was on like anti-vaxxers or somebody. A lot of this like you, you that sort of like Facebook Karen anti-vax repetition of science. Mm-hmm. Like, and that they're cargo culting information. They kind of like recite the same things over and over again. But but there was this lady who she was speaking very eloquently about 5G. And she was using a lot of like very technical terms. But if you know these technical terms, you know that the way she used them was just complete nonsense, but wrote like just reciting this stuff. And they referred to it as cargo culting information. And I was like, that's a fucking brilliant. Like, I really like that Mm -hmm. idea because it happens a lot. I think, right? Like I kind of do it even like I will like learn about a topic. Stack overflow (laughs) exists because of cargo cargo cult programming. But I, I think even like as I like I will I I can very easily like absorb a lot of information and kind of like recite bits of it back to you and I feel like I kind of cargo cult information like I could easily to some folks come off as like an expert in something that I just learned about yesterday mm-hmm. like ham radio <laughs> like like ham radio right? <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly I'm an expert now apparently Do, is there not is there not a uh, uh, did did anyone who studied this phenomenon afterward not like okay so. Like a broken clock's wrong twice a year uh-huh. or twice a day or whatever. Uh, broken calendar's wrong twice a year. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that but like praying for a plane to show up with. I just try to with, imagine what uh, a broken uh, calendar is. You know, crates of MREs. May it probably isn't going to happen again, right? So like, but they never they never abandoned this idea. But why wouldn't but it though? Were, like right for watching GIs land a plane. Standing at the end of the runway, doing this, a plane always fucking landed. Somebody in a tower talking on a radio, a plane always landed. Like, right, right. You, you can think about, like, so, like, why wouldn't they think that it happened? Like, that was what Feynman was talking about. Like, why wouldn't they think that it would happen again? Because every but, time but they watch GIs after, do it, it happened. Yeah, they've never... After they've never a generation, though, of it not happening. Yeah, yeah. How did it How does it? How did it continue to perpetuate itself, I guess? But but I mean, if you look at the let's say, uh, and again, I, we're kind of cargo culting cargo. We cults are. Right now. Ooh, we suck. I <laughs> like that just hit me. All of however, <clears throat> is us cargo culting let, information. <laughs> yes. Uh, let me hypothesize. Uh-huh. I guess. Yeah. Uh, so I have I have we're nothing to but. Do that. Uh, sure. Okay. Part of uh, we're just doing that, it knowingly. You did it knowingly, and that's safe. Yeah, the, the let's say hundreds or thousands of years, right? Like they didn't know that that GIs were going to land and, and bring in uh, cargo, and then they did for what five years, something like that, like a, a good chunk of time, and brought in more cargo than than like I had clockwork ever seen too, as, right? Like the just right. It happened. Every, uh, the guy at the end of the runway work, put yeah. his hands up and and moved it by his head, and a plane landed when. It doesn't work for a long time. Maybe maybe we just need to wait another couple hundred of years. But if we start doing it now and we keep doing it now, why wouldn't they keep trying? Or we're doing it wrong. Or you don't have enough faith or something. There's plenty of reasons you could like like hand wave it away of why it's not working, right? Like, right. Hello, religion. Uh, that's kind of how it works. We, we, we have the benefit of the scientific method to be like, oh, if we don't try it this way, we need to change it a little bit. I, I think that's 
where your question is coming from, Daniel, is how how many times do you try it before you don't do it anymore? But if it truly is a religion, if it is a cult, then you keep trying until it works again. In the same way that 5G is always going to be the problem, right? And I can find the information to overlay that and prove my own point uh, by Kirk occulting the information. As long as I keep copying, pasting that nil check, my website doesn't go down, Jared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't need to. I don't need to fix. I do. I do. I do want to make sure that we, like I don't want to equate an isolated group of people on an island being exposed to the U.S. military the same as the uh, irresponsible narcissism that goes with, like, QAnon. Just if I don't think they're equal. Just FYI, I just want to put that I think that the the point was the the approach to the scientific method, let's say. Kenton brought up scientific method. No, no, I absolutely. I'm tracking. I just want to make sure. Yeah, 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 for sure. I... 100% 100% agree with you. It's but starting with starting with a conclusion and working your way backwards and trying to like uh, so, replicate that environment to get that conclusion again I think is what is what the point was. Yeah. Yeah, so the so the prime directive. Well, Star Trek. the United Federation of Planets also had a very like I wonder how the mirror universe handled it. <laughs> Let's say you've got a strategically valued planet, you probably don't care and build whatever the Diego Garcia equivalent is in space. I think it's DS9. DS9. I'm not sure. <laughs> That's another node in the network of human knowledge. In the next episode, Daniel talks about the right flyer. There's always more to learn. Visit polynodalpodcast.com for notes, links, and images about this node, as well as other previous episodes. Polynodal is written and produced by Daniel Green, Jared Green, and Kent Hansen. Edited by Kent Hansen. Mastered by Jared Green. Music by Kate Hansen.